I'm Cynthia Farrell, owner and principal of 110 West Group. I work with leaders to ensure they have the organizational talent and culture they need to achieve legendary business results and establish a positive leadership legacy. I'm passionate about developing what I refer to as legacy leaders, those who lead with a balance and blend of strategy, authenticity, pragmatism, and compassion. In most of the episodes of this podcast, I'll share conversations I've had with leaders who have found that balance, who have made and will continue to make an incredible impact on the companies they work for and the colleagues, employees, and customers they work with. They are true legacy leaders. In some episodes, I'll dive into a concept around legacy leadership and share my thinking, experience, and stories. I am a storyteller after all, and a legacy leader in my own right. If you know of a fantastic leader that I should speak to, or a legacy leadership concept you'd like to hear more about, please head to the Contact Me page on my website, 110westgroup.com, and drop me a note. That's 110westgroup.com. Welcome to This Is How We Lead, Conversations with Legacy Leaders. This episode continues the Leading in Crisis series of this podcast, where I'm talking to legacy leaders about how they're leading their teams in our current reality. That reality is leading during a pandemic, something probably none of us have experience with. For more information on this series, I recommend listening to the first episode of this podcast if you haven't already. Welcome to today's episode of This Is How We Lead. Today, I am speaking with Dan, who is a sales leader in a technology company, who was referred to me by our first guest on this podcast, Dawn. I'm really excited to be speaking with Dan today. Thank you so much for joining me. Thanks, Cynthia. I appreciate it. Happy to be here. So let's start off by having you answer the question, how are you doing today? I'm doing good, actually. It's nice where we are that the weather is starting to become more spring-like and the sun is starting to shine. But obviously, even amongst everything that's going on, I'm, I'm busy in the middle of a week with my team and just trying to accomplish our corporate goals. How is your team doing amidst all of this? Well, leading a team that's fairly new to working remote, it's been an adjustment for a lot of them, but ultimately I've been incredibly impressed. I think that goes back to the fact that I've hired some incredible individuals that are self-motivated and can micromanage themselves. I think when I look at how they're doing overall, I've been pretty impressed for a few of them. It did take some getting used to the new normal. I I called it getting the new normal normal. And I think after a couple of weeks, we've been able to do that with everybody on the team. What were some of the unique adjustments that you saw that they had to make? Having an office to go to and having brick and mortar to come into and operate in an environment every day and moving away from that, it kind of changes your routine, right? And I think when people change their routines, sometimes they don't know how to react, especially in the sales field. We are so structured when it comes to our weeks and our days. You know, we get up in the morning, nine o'clock every Monday, we're in the same conference room in Minneapolis running a sales meeting talking about the same topics. We've got different cadences that we run. So I think really kind of breaking up that rhythm and having to move everybody to a remote work environment where now we've got to kind of recreate it in a remote standpoint, it has been a little bit of a challenge, but we've been able to do it well. Have you seen on your team, especially initially when this started and the stay-at-home orders came out, what have you seen from your team around how they're personally navigating the stress of the situation, 
maybe, you know, some concerns, whether it be about parents or family members or economic concerns, all of these external factors that come into your work life, whether you want them to or not. How have you seen your team reacting to and handling that? And what have you been doing to help them as well? So I think that was probably where we spent our first few days was really strategizing how we were going to react to that. Because in sales, right, we're calling, we're, we're asking people for money. I mean, that's what we do for a living. We've got a product and a service that we're trying to provide. In this new environment, we kind of had to be sensitive to that. So I think the first thing that my team did, we got together and they determined that number one, that they needed to be a resource to our prospects. Before we even started talking about what we did, they wanted to come across as somebody that our prospects and existing clients could lean on for help during these times. And I think with the technology that we provide, we definitely had a lot of tools and we've been able to provide a lot of resources to individuals. Also more recently with the CARES Act and the Paychecks Protection Program, there's been a lot of tools and things that we've been able to reach out to our prospects with where we've been able to be a resource. So I think number one, if I had to answer that question, it's we're approaching everybody as how can we help you? Kind of that go-giver mentality in knowing that if we help them get what they want eventually, whether it's now or it's a year from now, they're going to remember that. Yeah, I feel the same way just about you know my business as you and I were talking about before I, we started this call. I'd share that you know my primary points of contact are heads of HR who have much bigger fish to fry right now, and you know I am understanding that the work that I do, while it's important, it's not anywhere near the top of the stack and it won't be for a while. So where I have tried to focus my energy and my time, and it's a big part of the reason why I wanted to do this podcast, is to say, how can I help? How can I in some way be of service? And I truly believe, I was having this conversation with somebody else the other day, that if I do that, and if I do it with the right intention, and if I put that energy out there in the universe, at the right time, it's going to come back to me. And I have to approach it from that perspective. Otherwise, it's too easy to get caught in just this downward cycle of, I can't get anybody's attention right now, or I have to pivot or whatever it is. Putting yourself in a position of service first, it it just changes the energy around you and the energy that you are sharing with those that you're working with. You bring something up there that reminds me, we sell a product and a service of software that really it's for people, right? And we've got this mantra, you know, that we've got to put your people first and that people matter. So one of the things that was really unique that someone on my team did is they went out to all the organizations that they were working with and they said, hey, let me recognize one of the people on your team that's really helping your organization navigate through these challenging times. And we had, you know, all these companies come up and nominate people, right? Right away, they were able to say, hey, it's been this person. And we were able to buy them and their family dinner with Grubhub, Uber Eats gift cards. So I think uh, putting people first kind of speaks to what you're talking about as well. So what's been challenging about managing your team during this time? I know you said, you know, you shifted from being in person to being virtual, and that was a change for all of you. What else has been a challenge for you as you've been leading your team? Number one is culture. And there's a couple pieces to that. My culture is kind of high energy and we feed off of each other. And I think not having each other around, I mean, and now it's funny because I've actually, obviously building a team, I've interviewed a lot of people and some people who get used to the work from home are afraid to go back to the work from an office. But once they've had that and they've had it in our environment, has been very positive where they see the, the culture and the energy, they actually get excited to come into the office and they get excited to come to work. 
and there's pros and cons to both. But I think the number one challenge has been trying to trying to recreate that energy, making sure that that everybody's running at a high tempo. And in sales, it doesn't matter where you're at. It's it's all about getting out and reaching as many people as possible. Uh, and I think sometimes if you pull people back to maybe where they're working from home, you know, my fear was, and it hasn't happened, are people going to get caught up doing household tasks and maybe taking on some some remodeling projects as opposed to to working? Now, we've obviously been very sensitive to the fact that people are homeschooling kids and some of that's going on as well. Uh, and we have to allow time for that. But I think that was the one big thing was making sure and figuring out a way that we could keep everybody engaged and keep everybody energized. What are you doing to do that? The first thing that we did is, as opposed to getting together as a team once a day, we now get together daily. It's not an hour-long meeting. It's just a 30-minute huddle. Sometimes we'll do them in the morning. Sometimes we'll do them in the afternoon. Sometimes we'll do them in the middle of the day. I've spread them out so that they're all over the place. We're getting together as a group and talking live. And I think one of the first things that we open up with is kind of how are you doing? You know, checking in, what's going on, what's new, and just getting that the conversations going. I think the other thing, too, uh, and we're using it today is the video technology has come so far, right? That you're seeing a lot of these multiple screens with the entire team up. And we've been able to do a lot of a lot of that as well, where we can still see each other face to face. I am smiling as we're talking here because I'm thinking about how many post-it notes have been used in the past to cover the little webcam, right? On on the <laughs> laptop. And I don't know that 3M and, and their post-it note brand is necessarily going to have the mar- the corner on that market anymore. Right. <laughs> yeah. You look at this, the technology that's out there and uh, I think that they're going to obviously benefit from, <laughs> from the, uh, from the COVID-19. When, when you look ahead, I think this is going to be something that everybody's going to be adapting and we've, we've had fun with it. We've done some fun things too. What's surprised you? What's been a really pleasant surprise for you about your team? resourcefulness. I just mentioned staying connected and keeping the energy up and keeping everybody positive. I think when I look at, there's been a couple of people on my team, I just shared that that example with you about recognizing organizations, individuals within organizations for doing a great job during this. I've had a couple of people on my team come up with the virtual happy hour and put together bingo cards just to keep everybody engaged. We're doing a photo share virtual happy hour next week. So when I look at the team, I think I've been really surprised and impressed. Again, not too surprised because I knew that I've, I've hired incredible individuals but just the amount of resourcefulness under pressure. And these are people that still have sales quotas, right? So being able to have a little bit of fun. So de- definitely the resourcefulness that my team has brought. That says a lot about you as a leader, Dan. I mean, that you obviously have a team of people who are not just high performing, but it sounds like you've really developed a sense of family and that that is important to maintain during a period of time where there is so much unknowing, right? That you know that you have these people that you can rely on and continuing to have those bonds be really tight, even if you're not necessarily in a face-to-face environment. And that says a lot about you as a leader and the team that you've created. What have you learned about yourself as a leader through this period? that I probably don't need to micromanage as much as I I sometimes do. (laughs) Tell me more about that. (laughs) You know, I always reflect on my day at the end of each day. And it's kind of funny as we've gone on now here a few weeks in, it's like, I almost feel like things are running smoother in some cases where I'm less involved. Not to say that they don't need me at all, but again, it speaks a lot to them. But I think the fact that I don't need to necessarily have visibility all the time. I don't necessarily need to be involved in everything. 
you know, empowering people to do great things and kind of that servant leadership really does work. So I think when I reflect back, that's probably what I have to say is just, I can take a step back, you know, and and empower my people and be here more of just as a resource as they need me, almost to where I work for them, as opposed to them working for me. That is quite some amazing insight to take out of this situation and into your leadership, you know, as you continue in your leadership roles in your career. You know, you've got to find the silver lining in everything. I've got a rep on my sales representative on my team that talks about the rose and the thorn. And and I think there definitely is a, you know, a rose in all of this and, and everything that we're, I think we're going to come out of this more cohesive as a better team and also appreciate more of what we have. And I think that goes for life in general, just uh, some of the stuff that we take for granted as a team in the sales environment, where you can lean on and ask questions of your partners and your peers when they're right next to you. It's a little bit more difficult when, when everybody's working remote. So it sounds like overall, your team's doing great. You guys are staying really tight, really focused. You know, as we were talking before, you guys are getting a lot of interest from prospects and from clients who need your help right now or are going to need your help. So overall, it sounds like things have stayed really positive. Taking care of yourself in that scenario is a big part of keeping things positive. What are some of the things that you've been doing personally to take care of yourself in a situation where you're you're trapped at home, not necessarily getting to see people? What are some of the things that you've done for self-care? Getting outside at least once a day. And I don't know if this is a good thing. I'm probably, I probably do go to uh, the big box retailers more than I need to, but I think part of that's just me escaping the house. I seem to be able to always find something that I need. And I think a lot of that's because we are, we are inside all day. Getting out with my family, uh, spending time with my family, that's been really positive. When I look at the uh, the fact that I've got two still left at home, I've got a 17-year-old and a 15-year-old, and and we've probably spent more time together over the last few weeks than we have over the last few years because we don't have the, the soccer and they're home from school now. So that I see as a real big positive and, and to be able to have that time. And I do have one that's out. He's down in Texas. You know, we didn't have this time with him, but we still FaceTime him and get him involved every night. We've got new family game nights. I think we bought three new board games. So kind of a throwback, definitely the family time. And then also as the weather kind of gets nicer here, getting outside. And I see that you, you have a baseball on you. So probably a little sad about <laughs> um, missing, um, you know, the season opener, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Big sports fan. The whole sports thing has is, is kind of been driving me crazy. I've been watching reruns of of PGA events and excited for sports to get back to normal too. Yeah. My husband the other day was watching cycling experts narrate a race that was 20 years old. (laughs) I just, I'm like, well, you kind of know what the outcome is. So I don't really understand it, but you know, if it makes you happy, that's great. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I had my parents over for Easter. We didn't have more than 10. The masters was on from last year and my mom was involved watching it, like really, you know, rooting for somebody. And here I am, I already know who wins but I didn't want to spoil our fun. So So one last question for you before we wrap up here, what's one piece of advice that you'd give to other leaders as they continue to navigate this, you know, especially knowing that we don't know what the future is going to look like anytime soon. Yeah, I think that's a great question. I'd have to say, empower your people, really focus on that servant leadership that I talked about. I think when we look at ourselves as leaders, one of the most important things that we do, probably the most important thing we do is acquire talent, right? So reflect on the individuals that you have on your team. And maybe, you know, when you look at those individuals, 
if they're out doing what they need to be doing and you're able to empower them and be that servant leader, you've probably got the right people on the bus. You know, I think this is really an identifier of have we hired the right people? But I would say my number one piece of advice is be a servant leader, empower your people. Like I said, if you've got the right people, you're going to be able to run a successful organization. I really appreciate that insight because I do think you're right. Teams are going to see exactly what level of talent they have. Leaders are going to get some additional visibility that maybe they didn't have even have before. And the irony in that is that it's not necessarily happening in a face-to-face environment, but you'll get to see how, how people show up. And you have to extend grace for them given all of the you know, challenging circumstances that are going on, right? But at the same time, some people are going to stand up and it's going to give you that sense that you said, like you said, of do you have the right people on the bus? Yeah. And I think we're fortunate now the millennials and the, the new generations that are coming into the workforce, that this is normal for them, the technology and the, the remote workplace, and they want to be remote. They want to be agile. They want to be able to work from anywhere. So that's one of the nice things about when I reflect on my team too, is I've got a bunch of people that this, they're in their comfort zone. I'm a little bit older, so this is a new new skill for me. Fair enough. Well, Dan, thanks so much for your time today. I really appreciate you coming on to share a little bit about how you're leading your team. And thank you very much. Thanks, Cynthia. I appreciate it. That wraps up this episode of This is How We Lead, Conversations with Legacy Leaders. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to learn about the work I do with organizations and leaders to achieve legendary business results and establish a positive leadership legacy, please head to my website at 110westgroup.com. That's 110westgroup.com. And if you know of a fantastic legacy leader who I should have on this podcast, use the contact me page on my website and drop me a note. Thank you again and be well.